And I feel like when that relates to like real estate is you hear all the time people being like, oh, like that analysis paralysis. We get very stuck not taking a move. And it's like, well, I want this. I know I want this. This is what my future is. But we're afraid to kind of take that first step. And honestly, if you're a listener out there that hasn't taken that first step, and this is kind of identifying with you that you're afraid to take that first step, just know that, listen, it might go great. It might not go great, but there's only one way to find out, and that's actually doing it. Welcome to the Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show, a community for real estate investors to learn, network, and grow. Be sure to join the investnest.com and start learning and earning today. Hey, what's up, Nesters? This is Travis Murphy, your host of the Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show. We've got another great invest guest joining us this week. Becky Nova is going to talk to us about her real estate investing story and really her life story. She's got an awesome uh, story to share and a lot of, of what her life experiences are and how they translate into the real estate investing aspect of things. So a lot of great stuff coming out of this interview. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, but before we start, I want to, first of all, just welcome everybody to the, to the podcast this week. I hope everybody's having a great week so far. Uh, happy hump day. And uh, of course, I want to thank you all for tuning in again. I really appreciate the support we've been getting. The numbers keep going up every week. So I, I just, I want to thank you all so much and remind you all to please uh, go leave a review and rating wherever you listen to the podcast. It really does help us out a lot. Uh, of course, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And uh, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Invest Nest. And check out theinvestnest.com. It's a real estate investing community. You can create your free online profile uh, and then network with the other members on the site. We've got a lot of great resources on the website. And there are a lot of upgrades and new features coming out very soon. Uh, we've been doing a lot of back-end develop, development work. So there have been a few bugs lately. If you have had any, have had any issues logging in or creating a login, I apologize but we are working through them. So uh, stay tuned for those upcoming announcements and uh, the, the new website will be live hopefully very soon. All right, and now it's time to introduce this week's invest guest, Becky Nova. Uh, she is with lady-landlords.com. And Becky has an incredible story to share with us today. Uh, she's doing some awesome things with, the, with real estate investing um, in New York and the Dominican Republic, I believe. And she's documenting and sharing her journey uh, online. But uh, today she's going to talk to us a little bit about that. So, Becky, welcome to the Invest Nest. Thanks so much, Travis. I appreciate you having me on today. Absolutely, my pleasure. Um, so, it's I'm glad we're able to finally catch up. Um, before we get started, how's everything going uh, in 2021 so far? Everything off to a good start. <laughs> Yeah, things are things are off to a good start. I actually just got back to New York. My husband and I have been living in the Dominican Republic for the past few months. So not as nice weather in New York, but hopefully, hopefully getting there. So no, it's it's been going pretty well. How about yourself? Good, good. Things are going good so far. It's been a somewhat challenging um, market in our area. But you know, it's just kind of part of that grind working through it and trying to find a good opportunity find the good opportunities. Uh, in the meantime, I get to interview awesome uh, investors like yourself. So it's it's all good. So uh, I love your story. Let's let's get started. But you know, before we dive into too much of the greedy detail of all your investing, I, I, I love your I love your your story, your background. Um, I think it's a very inspirational story to our audience. So but before we get into the before we get into all that, can you just give us kind of an overview of what you're doing with real estate investing currently? Sure. So I always explain that I'm a cancer researcher by day and a real estate investor by night. 
So in the past two years, I have bought 10 doors between New York, right outside of New York City, and then also in the Dominican Republic. And I mostly focus on buy and holds, so rentals for multifamily properties. Awesome. Awesome. So that's interesting. So you're in both New York and the Dominican Republic. Correct. That's that's wild. And I, we can, I, can, I want to get into so much of that. Um, you know, we talk about investing out of state here on the podcast very often, <laughs> but, you know, investing out of the country is, is somewhat next level. So that's, I think that's going to be exciting for our audience. I know I'm, I'm anxious to hear more about that, but, but before we get into all of the, those details, can you give us a little background on yourself and kind of what brought you to real estate investing and, and how you got to this point? Sure. I always tell people I never thought that I would end up in real estate investing. This was not really the place that I, I thought I would be. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I work in the pharmaceutical industry and cancer research. I actually got really tired of that back in about 2008. I'd been working in it for a couple of years, decided I needed something out of the office, outside the cubicle. So I actually I quit my job. I moved over to Spain and I started a tour company. And so I used to take people on historical walking tours, take them out for flamenco shows, take them on pub crawls, all that. And I expanded my business into Portugal. I bought a bar in Portugal. I bought a bus that then took people from Spain over to Portugal and then back over to Spain. And it was it was really a great business that I had had for years. And unfortunately, as we sometimes do in business, we make a bad business decision. And I made a bad business decision ended up losing absolutely everything. And I moved home in 2013, back to New York, completely penniless and homeless. I ended up living in my parents' basement at like 30 years old for a while. So not exactly what people aspire to. Um, at that time, I still really wasn't quite sure what I was doing. I started a medical consulting company um, and I was just completely broke and trying to make it. And I was in debt. I never thought anyone would give me a loan. I never thought that I would own real estate. I, I never really even wanted to settle into one place. To me, buying a home just seems too permanent. That was not me. Um, so I ended up falling into it at the my now husband, then boyfriend. He, if you haven't noticed the trend of the Dominican Republic, my husband is an immigrant from the Dominican Republic. He's been in the States for about 10 years now. And he really wanted that American dream of the house, the white picket fence, all that type of stuff. So he really wanted to buy a house. And I clearly needed to one, change my financial situation to do it. But then it was really me that said, if we're gonna buy a house, we're gonna buy a house where we can actually make money, not be living mortgage payment to mortgage payment. And that was actually my first introduction to buying rental properties. Very cool. That's. That's an that's an awesome story. You, you're you're like a go getter. You're not the type of person that sits back and thinks about doing all these things. You you actually go out and do it. So you you found yeah. yourself in, you found yourself in Spain and you had uh, you started these other businesses. I mean that's mm -hmm. that's wild. And everything was going everything was going good during this time period. What I guess you know this isn't really real estate related. But what what drove you what drove you to do that? Like what. What kind of got you out of the cubicle and just thinking about doing something like that and actually found yourself finding yourself in another country with owning and operating a business? So for me, it was I just finished graduate school. I was working in Manhattan and it was a great honestly, it was a six figure salary right out of school. I mean, it was fantastic. It was a prestigious position at a prestigious location um, for, for my industry. But it was just I got tired of just this 
have to, you know, uh, commuting on the subway, being stuffed into a subway car like sardines to go to an office to spend your entire day thinking, breathing. It was incredibly long hours. It was not really a very good quality of life. And it wasn't really what I was passionate about. It wasn't, I didn't feel like I was living my own life. I figured I was, I felt like I was just pushing around paper and that, that really frustrated me. I felt like, you know, if I'm going to spend all this time and energy doing something, I might as well make it productive. Um, and that's also really difficult when you're working in the medical field. Usually, you know, we're kind of committing to, to being a part of something and to helping others. And I just didn't feel like I was. Um, I then at a point, I felt like I was asked to do something at the hospital that I considered kind of unethical and really kind of against helping our patients. And I was like, this can't be the right place for me. This can't be what like my you know, my meaning of life is. So I kind of had a little, you know, quarter century <laughs> life crisis here and decided, you know, just that I needed to switch something. And I remember, um, so I, I actually went, I told my hospital that I, that I was quitting, that I was resigning. And I actually, I went out to a bar. I mean, what else do you do when you quit a six figure salary and have no, no backup plan? So I was, it was like a Monday night. I'm like the only person in the bar and I was talking to the bartender and he was just like, I don't know, like do something different, like move to Europe. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll move to Europe. Like, where should I move? And he was like, I don't know, like ask on Facebook. So I put a message up on Facebook saying, where should I move to in Europe? And I woke up the next morning and only one person responded. And he said, go to Sevilla. So I was like, okay, where's that? So I Googled Sevilla, found out it was in Spain, bought my plane ticket to move there eight weeks later, sold everything I owned and move there with two suitcases. Um, I remember my mom was like, you could have just like moved to Philly or Boston, you know, like maybe you could have like tried a different city, not, you know, a city in a different hemisphere, but it was, it was great. It really got you out of your comfort zone. It's now a different language. I don't know anybody there. I had, I had no, I had no plan for like business. So honestly, I guess the trend of this is going to be keep coming back to bars. But when I moved to Spain and realized they didn't speak Spanish and didn't know anybody, I kept going to an Irish bar thinking that somebody there would actually speak English. And I met a woman at the bar that said to me, she goes, hey, you know, your English seems pretty good. Would you be interested in helping my hostel um, do walking tours and provide activities to our tourists? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And history has always been a passion of mine. So I said, I can definitely put together a historical walking tour. I started doing that. And then other hostels in the area were coming up to me being like, hey, everybody's staying at her hostel because of your tour. Can you do your tour for our hostel? Or can you do our tour for our hostel? And what other activities can you do? And all of a sudden, instead of using this mathematical analytical side of my brain, I'm now using the other side where I'm like, what activities can we do? What can I do, do that would be fun? And I was meeting people from all around the world. Totally different. I, that, I don't even really know where to start. <laughs> that, I mean, that's also like, I, I, you're pretty much my kind of woman. You're, you're an investor. We, I heard bars in there, Irish bars, I, I, <laughs> yeah. Irish background. I mean, everything, that's pretty much all I got there. But no, I mean, I, 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 no, I think what's coming through is, you know, a lot of people find themselves unhappy in their job and in their career for whatever yeah. you know, number of reasons. But, you know, and I think a lot of us will have, our dreams and all these other thoughts, but you actually went out and kind of followed your dream. You know, you didn't just settle, you no. took action. And I think to kind of, you know, convert it over to like the real estate perspective, you, you did something about it, you took action and 
yeah the opportunity presented itself simply by networking whether it was meeting people at the bar what have you i talk about going mm -hmm. to real estate meetup groups and just getting online and yes. reaching out and networking i mean that basically sounds like what had happened with you when you when you found yourself in this uh, country without knowing anyone and not speaking the language you found a place that you were able to socialize and network with people and out of that came opportunity and then you you know you took advantage of it uh, yeah, I definitely am an action oriented person, but I mean, to, to just kind of close up that idea of like the corporate America to me, like I knew I was unhappy. All that was going to change was either I moved, did something different and either I stayed unhappy or I was a little bit happier. So how was that a lose lose situation? And I feel like when that relates to like real estate is you hear all the time people being like, oh, like that analysis paralysis. We get very stuck not taking a move and it's like well i want this i know i want this this is what my future is but we're afraid to kind of take that first step and honestly if you're a listener out there that hasn't taken that first step and this is kind of identifying with you that you're afraid to take that first step just know that listen it might go great it might not go great but there's only one way to find out and that's actually doing it yeah well said 100 percent. and like you like you said your mom was asking why don't you just move to another state i mean yeah. if, you're, if you're gonna go for it right you might as well just go for it <laughs> you know and you also yeah. mentioned being out of your comfort zone and like you know to completely put yourself out of your comfort zone and not have any other alternative other than to succeed i mean yeah you went to another country and, and had to figure it out and it sounds like you did from a business perspective and even real estate like you said you know, you're not going to know unless you try and it's, you know, it's either going to go good or it's going to go bad. And like in business, not all businesses are, you know, turn out all, you know, perfect and successful. So there's some bumps along the road. And that brings us, I guess, onto the next chapter of your, of your uh, story where you found yourself back home after some missteps. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think for, you know, entrepreneurs or business owners or even real estate investors, there usually are going to be some blows dealt along the way and it can be it can be hard to mm -hmm. kind of persevere through that and pick yourself back up and keep going and motivate yourself and then also have the confidence in yourself to keep going when you got back i imagine you were you know maybe somewhat down what what how did you push through that uh how did you persevere through that and what got you uh back up on your feet and able to find success sure so I do. I actually wasn't that upset when I came home. I mean, clearly I was upset. I just lost this business and I was living in another country and it was really cool and really, really fun. But like when I came home, I remember like kind of telling people the story about like what had happened and how I ended up back home and penniless and homeless in New York. And people like, oh, that must be like so miserable. And I was like, nah, it's just kind of the next thing in life. Like I learned a lot. I know the mistakes I made. I know the great things that I did okay now it's just what's kind of next so i feel like we need to remember like life kind of happens in chapters it's not it's not always this like ascending staircase here you know sometimes things just don't go right but we always are still moving forward so to me it was an opportunity to say okay well what do we do now what's next so at the time i ended up starting my own business now back in the states so i did I went into medical consulting and I ran my own business for quite a few years there. And anybody that's ever owned a business before knows it, you know, does, it takes a lot of money to kind of put into it. So I was really, you know, still same thing. Like I said, I ended up getting into really bad debt because of it, because every penny, penny I was making, I was putting back into my business. So it was around that time. Then my husband, my then my now husband, sorry, my now husband came back saying that he really wanted to be able to buy a property. And he knew I was not in the financial situation. 
I like challenges. So I took this as like, fine. If that's what you want, that's what you want. So I use, once again, thinking networking connections. I use a networking connection of mine to find a consulting gig. It was only supposed to be a couple months long, but it was enough money to get me not only out of debt, but also to give me a down payment for a property. So took that and I was like, fine, it's going to be horrible hours. I'm probably not going to enjoy this consulting gig, but you know what? I'm going to do it. And then that's going to get me to my next step. And it was only for three months. So I said, fine. So I received all this money, paid off my debt, and then basically like threw the other half at my partner being like, all right, there you go. That's my half of the down payment. Let's go buy a property. It turned out great because the consulting gig actually ended up being amazing. I loved it. And it did turn into full-time work. So that did give me some stability there. But then my husband and I were able to go and find our first property and start looking for that. And once again, that was not supposed to be a real estate investment beginner's journey. That was supposed to be a, how do we find a home we can live in and not pay an arm and a leg for it? Yeah. And so that's, that's going to bring us into the real estate portion of, of the conversation or the <laughs> real estate chapter of your life. Uh, so I was going to ask you, you know, how, what, what was it about real estate that drew you in or, 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 you know, drove you to investing, but it sounds like it was by accident almost. And what you ended up doing was basically a house hack. We refer to it as a house hack now where you, you, know, mm -hmm. you buy more than one unit or you buy a place with an apartment in the basement or something like that. And then you rent it out to somebody else, or even if it's bedrooms in the house, you rent them out help cover your mortgage and you kind of, you know, take that asset. And instead of it being more of a liability, it's actually generating income for you. So mm -hmm. I guess you didn't really know you were doing that. What was there a point that in time where like a light bulb went off, I guess, after you got in and said, wait a minute, we can, do, we can do more of this. How did, how did all that happen? So you're right. I, I thought I was like the most original forward thinker ever being like, ooh, want to know what we should do? Buy a multifamily. <laughs> we live in one unit, rent out the other and like, and make money off that. I thought I was like the most original person. Wait a minute. And I then never... after that, after that, you figured out a burr on your own too, didn't you? You just accidentally burned something out okay, of that came, Yeah, that came out later too. But no, I never, I wasn't listening to podcasts. I wasn't trying to be a real estate investor. I didn't think about any of this stuff. So we just went and really said, we just need to at least lower our cost of living as much as possible. Um, if we at the time didn't even care if we lived for free or if we made money from the house hack, we just wanted, especially in New York, in New York City, you know, living um, with a very cheap cost of living is very difficult to do here. So for us, we were just looking to at least decrease our cost of living. We ended up finding a place that worked out, especially since it's just my husband and I, we ended up buying a duplex and we were able to live in the smaller of the two units. So the larger unit more than covers our mortgage payment. So it actually ended up working out really well. Yeah. It was literally like a month after closing. We close on the place as everybody tends to happen. And as soon as you close on a property, there's always a problem you have to solve. So we got through that and it was probably right after that I actually called my realtor and my mortgage broker on like my lunch break. And I was just like, hey, this is fantastic. People are giving me money for a thing I already bought. Like every month I just get a deposit into my account. I was like, I wanna do this again. They both thought I was nuts. They were like, Becky, you just bought a property like a month ago. We can't get you a new mortgage. You can't, you guys gotta get settled. You had tenants move in like two weeks ago. And I was like, no, like I'm gonna do this. And it was actually, I called up my financial advisor 
and kind of said to him, like, hey, I want to buy another property. Like, what suggestions do you have? Because my mortgage broker, my realtor are telling me I'm crazy. So what do you think I can do? And he actually was the one that suggested that I start listening to podcasts. And it was on one of those podcasts that somebody messaged house hacking. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It was, it was then that I realized that so many other people were doing this. But like I said, it just did not click in my mind that that, was even, that that wasn't even a thing. So as we've talked about, networking is incredibly important. I think it is very valuable to always tell everybody what it is that you want. So like I said, I called my realtor, my broker, my financial advisor. Everybody knew what I was looking for. They all thought I was crazy, but they knew what I was looking for. Well, about six months after we closed on the first property on our duplex, I got a call from that very same realtor who said, hey, I might have a property that you're interested in. It's an off-market property. It's really, really close to where you currently live. Go If you can get pre-approved, I'll share the information for you, but I think it would be a good fit for you. So of course, first thing I do, hang up the phone with him, call up my mortgage broker, get rolling on the, uh, the pre-approval. Meanwhile, my husband has to go, you know, the gym or work, wherever he went. He goes outside and happens to see our realtor coming out of the house across the street from us. It turns out when he was doing the appraisal for the house that we bought, the little old lady from the neighborhood came over and introduced herself, found out he was a realtor and said, hey, stay in touch. Maybe I'll sell my place. Mm -hmm. And he stayed in touch with her. So then really all he had to do was be able to put us as the buyers in touch with our neighbor across the street. And then that ended up being our second property, which was a quadplex right across the street from the, from our first property. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's the thing. And, it's like, it's just, it's that networking and putting it out there, mm -hmm. you know, even if it's not at a networking event or whatever, just to the people with already, that's already in your circle and in your network, just talking about exactly. what, what you want to do or what you're all about. If it, in, in our case, it's real estate, just putting it out there that you are an investor or you want to be an investor. I mean, those dots start to get connected along the way and, and, you know, more times than not opportunity will present itself. So that's exactly. Um, and you never know who it is that it's going to be a friend's mom that's selling their house that could be an off-market property. You never have any idea where the next opportunity is going to come from. But if nobody knows what you're doing, you're never going to find it. You have to tell people. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's the, you know, I, we talk about it all the time on the podcast. I know the listeners mm -hmm. out there, I'm sure hear it in other places about taking action and, and all of that good stuff. But, you know, I did a whole show on it about a week ago. You know, a lot of us have a lot of people will have reservations about doing something and why they can't, and that will prevent them from just getting started. But you can go to networking events and you can go, you know, on the investnest.com and create a profile. You can do all of these things and start reaching out to people. You don't know what's going to come of it, but I guarantee mm -hmm. you, know, more likely than not, something will start to happen. You know, and it, like in your case, once you got started, you know, it, it, you're, you're off to the races. I mean, it yeah. sounds like once you got into that first house, act, it sounds like you started to realize all the benefits that real estate really does provide. And that's that light bulb moment where you were like, I need, I need some more of this. How long ago did all this start? Like, when was it when you bought that first house act? May, 2018. Oh, wow. Okay. So you got, you guys are moving quickly. <laughs> yes. I, like I said, when I decide to do something, I kind of do it a little too full speed sometimes. So, no, no, hey, so yeah. move, move fast and break things, right? That's the, yeah. that's the thing goes. So, <laughs> so, so you're at this point now, you're up to six units. Are you guys like, or no, you have eight now. So that brings us, I guess, to the next 
acquisition, which was in the DR? Yes. So that at that time, then what was really important for my husband was he really wanted to buy a property in his home country. That was really important to him. Now, whenever I tell people that, they're always like, ooh, which beach is it on? Can I go stay? Where can I find it on Airbnb? And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what this property is. This property is a long-term rental in the center of a city. It's in the capital in Santo Domingo. So that's where he's from. And that was really important to him to be able to provide housing for people that were gonna be living there year round. So we bought that property. It was new construction, which was then also incredibly new to us. Um, that was the first time we'd worked with new construction. And then also, as you said, we talk all the time about people buying out of state and how difficult that would be. Well, now I had to actually navigate an entire mortgage process, not only in a different language, but now also with completely different terms. They just do mortgages in a very different way than America would. So that was the next property that we bought down there. So now we have some college students living in that property. <laughs> I can imagine there was a, quite a learning curve going through that process. <laughs> I mean, I, it, it has to be, I mean, I'm sure there's some similarities in, in certain regards, yeah. but I mean, the, the way it's done and handled, I'm sure is, is a lot different at the same time. So what, I guess, what was that like? I mean, after you went through that process and, and worked out, I guess the process itself, is it something that you think you would continue to do again, investing down in the Dominican? Yeah, like I said, I actually just got home about two days ago from spending three months down in the Dominican Republic. And one of the things we were doing down there was actually looking at other properties. We finally decided to look into that short-term rental market. Once again, that's not what we do. We do long-term rentals for multifamilies. But we said, well, maybe now is the time. Now we're in a much better financial situation. Let's look into a short-term rental in a place that we would like to be. So then that way we can use our own property a couple you know, weeks, months yeah. out of the year and then Airbnb it or whatever else um, for the rest of the time. So we actually did go back down and we spent over the past three months, we probably saw about 10 or 12 different, different projects in the Dominican. And same thing, spoke to a bunch of different banks because it's in a different city than where we previously owned. So it was kind of going through what that new process would look like all over again. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, doing something like that out of the country in a place where it's going to be less familiar to people living up here in the states. Mm -hmm. I mean, like we like we just mentioned, I'm sure there was some challenges and some and some curveballs that were thrown at you. But I mean, once you've kind of gotten it figured out, I imagine there's probably some opportunity there, and that it would it's likely a little bit less saturated than up here because a lot of people aren't going to go through that process of learning and figuring that out in a in a foreign country like that. So I mean. Again, out of your comfort zone, potentially. I mean, you did have the connection through your husband, but still yes. out of the out of the comfort zone and, and pushing your limits again. But now it's probably it sounds like it's going to bear some serious fruit. It already has. But moving forward as well. <laughs> it was actually interesting because it now throws you into an entirely different market. So. Yes, I'm not competing against as many other Americans that are doing what we're doing, but now I have people from a bunch of different countries that are all looking to be there. And what we thought was really interesting, one just to share a little bit of international markets, if you will, what we thought are the, um, the short-term rental markets. One of the things that we thought were really interesting was that there is less variability in the housing prices. So we were kind of thinking, well, not as many people are traveling right now. There's all these CDC restrictions. Maybe we can, you know, pricing houses have actually dropped compared to a lot of the cities in the United States right now. We were like, oh, maybe we could pick up something a little bit cheaper and get a great deal. We were wrong. We were absolutely wrong because now we're competing against people that want to buy a vacation home 
and have no intentions of renting it out. So it was, and they, they didn't care about if there were no other tourists or they didn't care what the cash flow would be. So it was really interesting to see that right now, housing prices are exactly where they were pre COVID as they are now, but then yet now for someone like me investing, there's none of that tourist income coming in. Yeah, so. yeah I can see that. So, I mean, it, it sounds like it's got its own set of unique challenges. It's, yeah. not, it's not just it's I'm out, out here on an island with nobody, no competition. I mean, it's, it's, it's a different market, unique market. I'm sure there's opportunity, but like anything else, there's also obstacles that you got to overcome. Yeah. And one of the other coolest things was probably looking at um, a lot of the places we were looking were all new construction. So we're either walking around construction zones with our hard hats on, or we're looking and somebody's showing us a field, telling us where the beach is gonna be or where the golf course is gonna be. Yeah. And you're really having to use a lot of imagination there. I bet, I mean, that's 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 really interesting and cool. And it sounds like now that you've got the roots planted down there and, and made the contacts and got the, the whole process figured out, that, mm -hmm. you know, it sounds like even though it's still gonna be a challenge, it's, it, there's still gonna be some opportunity for yourself. So now you found yourself having uh, multiple properties in New York and then this investment property down in the Dominican. How do you guys mm -hmm. handle and manage all that? Are you out, obviously the Dominican property, I'd imagine you're outsourcing the management or like, what does that look like? Sure, so the Dominican Republic was actually really easy to be able to outsource. That is the only place that we use a property manager. We actually do have a woman that lives in the complex that manages the property for us. Oddly enough, she was actually the realtor she, when this new construction was being built, she herself believed in the project so much, she bought her own unit. And then since she was living there and clearly had talked to all the people that were buying properties, she now is our property manager. So we have her managing that one. Otherwise, we manage everything else ourselves. So we try to keep everything within about an hour of our current home so that way we are able to take care of those things ourselves. Awesome. And then I guess you're so you're still actively looking to pursue uh, investment properties in the States as well. Or are you more focused down in the Dominican? No, actually, when we looked at it, it really seemed that the best opportunities right now would for what we are looking for in the way our, our portfolio is built would actually be to buy another property in the United States next. So we are back looking in the New York City market. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And that's the, like one other point that you mentioned, I just wanted to bring up about the competition, not necessarily from other investors down in the Dominican, but actual from, you know, from people looking to buy like a vacation home. That, that's mm -hmm. some, I think some of the challenges being presented in certain markets up here in the States is that there's such a lack of inventory for new home ownership yeah. that where somebody might be looking at a property to flip or something like that, you know, people are actually looking at those to buy for themselves to live in because yes. there's no other, no other options for home. So, you know, it, it's kind of a different reason, but you're almost, it's almost a similar result of what you're facing down in the Dominican. Um, exactly. We're, uh, we as investors, we're trying to get great deals, but from people that are willing to pay full price or, you know, um, I guess full price is the best way to say it, full price for properties that we're trying to get deals on. Yeah. It's it's competitive, yeah. It's competitive. That's you know that's part of the challenges of real estate in general is that it's just a, it's always a changing market, and some some markets mm -hmm. so, sometimes are in that in that cycle more opportunities present themselves. But there's always deals out there. We just got to dig a little harder to find them. <laughs> completely agreed. I completely agreed. I feel like I hear that a lot currently. People's like, oh, there's no deals out there. That's not true. There are deals. You just have to find them. That's right. That's right. Um, okay. So now it's time for our segment, uh, advice from our invest, invest guest. 
Uh, it's three questions that we're going to ask you. We ask our guests each week. Question number one is, what is one thing you can recommend for people to do right now to get, act, to get started in real estate investing? First thing to do would be to think about what your end goal is. I feel that I see people all the time being like, oh, well, this person's doing this. I should go do this. Oh, this person's doing this. I should go do this. But they're not quite sure what they specifically want. So I feel like it's really important for people to think about, well, what is it that you want in the end? For example, I would like some passive income. So to me, rentals make sense over something like flips, but I have to think of what my end goal is first and then kind of almost build my business and work backwards from that. Yeah, great advice. That's that's a good point. You know, start with your goals. You know, we talk about that a lot too. Write your goals down mm -hmm. and then, then you can start working towards accomplishing them, achieving them. Okay, question number two. Looking back, now that you've been investing for some time, what's one mm -hmm. thing that you might do differently if you were to go back and start over again? Honestly, nothing. I feel that things happen for a reason. I feel that at the beginning, I needed to make those mistakes so I could learn from them, so I wouldn't make those mistakes again. I am very proud of what I've been able to build in the past two years. The only thing that I would do different is I would have started much earlier. That's it. Yeah. But otherwise, I think everything else I, I had to learn along the way. I wouldn't have believed it if you told me or if I read it in a book. I needed to actually see it and have it tangibly happen. Um, but no, I th and I think that's what's so unique is that we all have our own journeys and we all need to kind of take them in a different place. But for anybody listening out there that's on the fence, get started today, not tomorrow. Good. Great advice. Great advice. And honestly, that takes me back to like what you were talking about, the experiences when you started those companies out of uh, the country when you were younger. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, that they whatever those challenges presented themselves and they you know, it worked out how it worked out. You got experience out of that and you learned from that. And those are things that are mm -hmm. going to stick with you moving forward. So even even in our in our um, ventures that don't work out or go the way that we want them to, there's always still something to be gained more times than not. So. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely question, and question number three, uh, what's one book recommendation you could give us, give to our audience? Sure. So the book that I would recommend would be start with why by Simon Sinek. It applies not only to real estate, but it applies to anything else that you want to do in your life. As we talked about earlier, things can go great in life and things can go really horrible. And you need to know why it is that this is important to you, what you're working towards, why you're even involved in it in the first place. And I feel like Start With Why by Simon Sinek is a great way to get very, very clear on what it is that you want. So that way, when you're having a, a bad day, you can think about what it is that you want, whether it's passive income, more time with your family, um, to be able to travel more, whatever it may be, it kind of grounds you and brings you back. And then you're like, you know what? I can get through this problem with the title company. I can get through this problem with not finding a deal because you remember why it's important. So that would be my book recommendation. Awesome. Very cool. Very good. Yeah, I mean, that's really a lot of what real estate investing is and just, you know, anything in life. It's, it's about solving problems, you know, it's and figuring <laughs> things out one at a, one at a time, but, um, okay, well that, those are some great answers. Uh, Becky, this has been a lot of fun. If for our audience out there listening, if they want to find out more about you or connect with you, where's the best place for them to do that? Sure. They can find me at Lady Landlords on Facebook or also on Instagram at BeckyNova24. Awesome. And then I'll include the in the show notes down below all the links. I know you've got a website. I think you've got a YouTube channel, um, Facebook <laughs> <Yes>. group page. <laughs> All that, all that stuff. So anybody out there listening that wants to get some more of Becky, there's plenty of her out there. And I'll include all of those links again down in the show notes.
Becky, this has been a lot of fun. I really do appreciate you coming on and sharing your story with us. Uh, it's an incredibly inspiring story, I think, for our audience out there, you know, hearing about the different challenges and then being able to overcome them and still find success. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there. So I re really appreciate you coming on. I wish the best of luck to you and your husband in 2021 and beyond. Thanks so much, Travis. I appreciate you having me on today. Absolutely. Thanks, Becky. Take care. And I also want to thank all of our listeners out there for tuning in again this week. I really hope you guys enjoyed that interview as much as I did. Uh, Becky is an incredible woman. She's uh, just talking to her. She's very inspiring, energetic, uh, very motivating force. And for her to share her story, the ups and downs uh, like that, and, and how it translates into real estate investing, I think it's a great thing for, for, uh, for all of our listeners out there and, and just you know people in general trying to get started or get motivated, maybe have fear fear of failure or, or issues or what can go wrong. You know, hearing Becky's story and the fact that she per persevered through the ups and downs and, um, you know, is able to find success, I think is it can be an ins inspiration to us all. So I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Of course, I want to thank you all for tuning in again this week. Uh, I appreciate all the support that you guys have been giving us in the podcast. Please remember to leave us a review and rating. It really does help us uh, rank higher and um, allows us to continue putting the podcast out. So leave us a review and rating. It's greatly appreciated. Of course, hit the subscribe button. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Twitter at The Invest Nest. And if you prefer to watch these videos as opposed to just listen, we are on YouTube. You just have to search The Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show, and we upload the interviews there as well. And of course, check out theinvestnest.com. I promise there will be announcements coming soon. Uh, so just be a little bit more patient with us, but we're going to have a lot of great, uh, exciting features coming to the website uh, in the near future. All right, everyone. I appreciate it. As always, thanks for tuning in. I'm Travis Murphy, your host of the Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show. Be sure to join the investnest.com and start learning and earning today.